Welcome to Embrace Live Thrive, a podcast to encourage women that depression and anxiety are not normal parts of motherhood. To realize that taking care of yourself is important and you, mom, are worthy of care, and that is the best way to care for your family. Join me as we talk through issues in mental, social, nutritional, physical health, and so much more. Now is the time to start talking and admit that motherhood is the hardest thing we have ever done, but also the most rewarding. I hope you were able to listen as I tell you that it is okay to not be okay, but what is not okay is to stay there. I hope to equip you with tools, tips, resources to help get you through some of life's most exhausting moments. And at the end of the day, realize that you are the best mom out there for your family. Hey guys, it's Dr. Sarah Meyer, and today I had the pleasure of talking with Lisa Maddock, a Juice Plus educator, has an inspiring story of overcoming her childhood trauma that resulted in depression, anxiety, and self-medication with drugs and alcohol from an early age. Lisa acknowledges that finding her faith in Jesus and having him walk beside her helped her as she navigated her substance abuse, and it was what gave her the strength to continue to overcome. Throughout her journey, she alternated being clean and binge drinking over her adult years until she finally had a this is enough moment when she realized she couldn't go an entire weekend without drinking. But God is good and has given her the strength to continue to be diligent with finding healthy alternative drinks, maintaining an active exercise routine, and other strategies she has found to keep from going back down that path. Lisa is so encouraging and loving. Please like and share this conversation to help any women who might be struggling with substance abuse to know that there's hope and healing. Remember, Embrace Live Thrives Women's Health Conference is coming up on April 22nd and 23rd at LifePoint Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. This is a weekend that's going to be filled with information I wish I had known so much sooner. Please go to www.embracelivethrive.com to register and join us for an incredible time can't make the conference but still want to support Embrace Live Thrive, check out our support page for more ways to become involved. Lisa is going to leave you feeling encouraged, loved, but most importantly, not alone. Here's Lisa. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening in today. I am just thrilled about this conversation that we're getting ready to have. I was able to meet Lisa through a various connections and I am just excited for the opportunity for her to talk to us, talk to us about real life, talk to us about what she does. So Lisa, if you would take a second and just introduce yourself, that would be phenomenal. Yes. Hey, everyone. My name is Lisa Maddock. I am a mom of four. I've been a stay-at-home mom for 20 plus years, and I have been building uh, my business for the last 16 years with the Juice Plus company. Mm -hmm. So you guys are going to hear a little bit of that and how I came to know the Juice Plus company and how that plopped into my life. Talk to us a little bit about how your childhood trauma has really impacted your adulthood. I was in second grade and we had a house fire in our house and completely burned to the ground. And then my mom and dad of 15 years um, got divorced. And then there was a new man in our lives really, really quick. So obviously something had to have happened there because it was really, really quick. Right. And, um, and he was very young. So he was probably 19 or 20 years old and my mom was older. So a little bit of a different thing there. 
but he was a good stepdad and we had a good life. We went to church. I mean, things seemed to be normal. I went to my dad's on the, on every other weekend and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what a lot of families had. So I didn't, I didn't have much. It seemed normal to me, except for deep down inside of me, I just had this the sadness over what happened with the fire and the divorce. In fact, I did not um, make it to second grade. I like had to repeat second grade because yeah. I was just really, really sad and devastated from that. Uh-huh. And I think that's where depression kind of started for me. And then um, soon after, as we grew into preteens, my stepdad did leave us, um, which was a really sad moment. And it was very immediate. And then my mom moved us to Florida Mm -hmm. Um, from Wisconsin. So this was all in Wisconsin in my early years. And she moved us to Florida in like two weeks. That seemed to be the ongoing pattern for me was like real rushed things or things that like all of the sudden, like, oh, all of the sudden we're doing this now. Yeah. And for someone that was like really sensitive and already kind of sad from things, you know, I always miss my dad. I always felt kind of bad for him. He was alone and yeah, that really affected me. And then moving to Florida was a big transition because mm-hmm. I moved when I was in middle school. So that's a pretty sensitive time to like leave your friends and start all new with this group of people uh-huh. do real good with that transition. And I think that's where a lot of the drugs and alcohol came in for me. Uh-huh. So I, I kind of dabbled in Wisconsin as a young kid, like fifth and sixth grade, which, wow. you know, gosh, I was such a baby. Um, but you know, just smoking, just doing little things, but it was kind of just for fun. But when we moved to Florida, it turned into more of like a need to cope and like kind of numb my emotions Mm -hmm. on the things I've lost. I experienced a lot of loss. We did have a, um, a hurricane that came through Florida and we had our, our house got flooded. And so there was some loss there to my room. Like there just seemed to be like a continuous state of losing people Mm -hmm. or things that I was familiar with, whether that's a location, a home, um, there just, there always seemed to be this sense of like loss, which Mm -hmm. sunk me into depression and anxiety. You were struggling. You had been struggling with uh, that depressive type emotions from a young age and began to self-medicate into your teens and early twenties. Talk to us a little bit about how some of that substance abuse impacted you starting a family? Yeah, that's a great question because I was, I actually moved out when I was 16 years old, the weekend I turned 17, I graduated a year early so that I could work full time and, you know, just take care of myself. And I actually, I moved out with my, uh, my boyfriend, which is now my husband. Oh, wow. Um, So usually that doesn't work out very good. You know, Uh that type of situation I was, you know, he was someone that loved me and said he'd take care of me. And so I said, okay, here I go. Um, So, but we were married really young. So I was only 20 years old when I got married. Um, We had already been homeowners even before that. So lots of life at a really early age. I didn't really get like a high school experience, like mm-hmm. most kids. Again, like a sense of loss. Like I always just felt like a sense of loss. Right. But I had my first baby when I was 23. And that for me was like, I didn't say, let me back up just a second, that I was saved when I was probably five years old. My mom brought me to the Lord. So I've always had Jesus. I don't have mm-hmm. this you know, adult conversion. Like I've always just had the Lord with me in his presence. As long as I can remember, I've never had a day without him. But as you can imagine through all that 
stuff growing up. There wasn't a lot of consistency, but when I got pregnant, that's when I was like, Oh God, I need you back in my life. I need to get straight. And I cut everything out cold Turkey, like it completely immediately. Wow. And I always say, or think, or, you know, reflect on all of my pregnancies. Cause I've had five pregnancy. I, I lost a baby. Also, I was about four months, but on each pregnancy. And then I nursed each baby for a year. Yeah. And I praise the Lord for that time because I stayed sober and clean during all those times of my pregnancies mm-hmm. and nursing. There was always that desire there. So that yeah. didn't leave. So I was kind of buckling through it, but because now it's changed, that desire has changed. I've had, yeah. you know, a total turnaround with it. And then raising the kids, I think right back into it, you know, and especially right. drinking because drinking is so socially accepted. Uh And, you know, when I started growing my business and started getting serious, if I can take you back to that journey a little bit, I ended up actually getting sick when I had my second baby. Okay. And so all of this trauma, all of this depression, anxiety, substance abuse, I wasn't eating well, as you can imagine. And my body ended up getting really, really sick. So I ended up with a ton of chronic disease. I was diagnosed with lupus, Graves disease, irritable bowel, pernicious anemia, and then big surprise, post-traumatic stress and anxiety, depression. Mm -hmm. And... So that's when I found the Juice Plus company. Right. So Juice Plus is just fruits and vegetables in a capsule. And that has been my foundation for healing and learning also. So because all of the events for Juice Plus were all about the body and science and how the gut and the brain are connected. And so I was doing all of these events and growing a business at the same time. But what happens at business events after the event? I mean, people drink, you know, they all have their red wine and, you know, like that's what was happening a lot. Mm -hmm. And I easily slipped back into it and I wasn't pregnant or nursing. I would easily just slip back into drinking and, and binge drinking, like it would be too much. Like I'd go overboard. Like I wasn't even planning it, but like, I just would, because I, my tolerance for it was so like high level. Yeah. There was some rough times in there with business trainings and traveling. And what Lisa is we're we're walking through your journey. What was that moment that hit that you knew that something had to change as far as your drinking, that it had become a crutch and it had become something that you were partaking in more than what you were comfortable with. Cause you know, socially drinking is fine, but it's when it becomes that binge drinking that it becomes, begins to affect your life. So what, what was that moment in your life that made that you knew that you had to change? Yeah, that's a great question because I, always feel like even with my health journey, it's just been multiple miracles from the Lord, miracle after miracle. And the same thing with my substance abuse journey. Like it's just been little stops where it was like, okay, this is it. Like I can't, I can't take any more. Like I am using this to self-medicate, try to pull myself up or pull myself down, Mm -hmm. you know, change my mood. And so there were lots of stops in between from where I was to where I am today. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest stop that where I, and there, and there were, I will say this too, there were times where I actually did quit. 
There were times where I would just be sober and I wasn't drinking. And there were plenty of times that I I did that, you know, for years. And, Mm -hmm. but then it would slip back in. So I'd have these relapses back into it. So for me, I guess the big, like, this is it. I'm not going back. I guess it's been almost four years now. So it really hasn't been that long. Yeah. Um, but it was after my mom's 70th birthday, I went to Florida and I just realized that I literally couldn't get through that weekend without drinking. Yeah. And I was like, this is, I, and I was there by myself. I didn't have the kids. So like you have a lot more self-reflection time. Right. And after that, I was just like, I'm done. I'm done for my health, like just for my physical being Mm -hmm. and then for my mental health. And, you know, I had been starting to become like an influencer and, you know, people were following me and I take that really seriously, you know, in my walk with the Lord. And this was all prayerfully laid out with God. Like he, he either gave me supernatural miracles where he delivered me or he helped me to just cut cold turkey. Right. But this last one, I really feel like this was the last resolve. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm not going back. Like I've made enough pit stops back and forth Right. that I think maybe that's how I needed to do it so that I don't do it anymore because I'm actually pretty serious about not even taking a sip. Like I don't Mm -hmm. even want a sip of it. Like it's, it's like a recovering addict. Like you just, you can't just have a glass. It's not, it doesn't work that way for someone like me. So what were things that helped you once you made that decision that, you know, this is my breaking point. Like I can't even dabble because I can't make it an entire weekend without drinking. What, what are things that you've been able to put in place that have helped support you or resources that you've used help you in this journey of breaking the hold alcohol had over your, your life? Yeah. Yeah. I love to follow people that have similar stories Uh and I love Jesus, obviously, hopefully that's Uh clear, but so there were two people. So I don't know if you know the lead singer or the guitarist in corn, that big corn group, it's like a heavy metal, Uh crazy. Like I would never listen to the music, but he got radically saved and delivered from substance abuse and Uh therefore have, has written a lot of autobiographies. Mm-hmm. And then Nikki Six from Motley Crue has a really it. amazing story. Okay. And uh, he has autobiographies. So I like to listen. I'll even listen to like Alcohol Anonymous and things like that, you know, or even the, the Narcotics Anonymous. Like I love the podcasts on there because yeah. they're real stories of people that have overcome it. So I just started like diving into those autobiographies and listening mm-hmm. to like, Cause it's a similar reason why we were going overboard. You know, right. we either have those type of personalities that are like really driven, you know, and we do something a hundred percent, which is a gift from the Lord. Yeah. But what I always teach in my addiction recovery classes is that you have to use that channel, that energy into like uh-huh. positive, like good things, you know, not the things that are going to hurt and harm you. Mm-hmm. So I think listening to other people's stories, autobiographies have been, super helpful for me. And then just finding like, this is just a simple thing, but finding things that are healthy that I can drink. I started drinking like a tremendous amount of coffee after this. Like it was ridiculous because you're going to put something in that addiction spot. And so now I drink like a dandelion, you know, uh, leaf coffee that's acid free and caffeine free and 
it's natural. So it actually gives you some natural boost um, or like seltzers sprinkled with pineapple juice and movies, my complete shakes, like finding other like liquid oral things that I can do while everybody else is drinking and something that's still enjoyable right. and something that is going to build my body up. Those are like kind of the natural things that I did. And then obviously just my relationship with the Lord, really taking the help of the Holy Spirit to guide me and help me. And I've done a lot of different things for therapy. I work with a Christian business coach that helps me in business so that I can make it through some of these trainings and conferences that can be right challenging when you come from a broken background and you're dealing with all these big six-figure income earners and like it's there's there can be some pressure there and you right. put it on yourself undoubtedly like it's your own right. self-induced pressure but it's still an environment that you're not used to being in what as you have reflected on your own journey and you look to give back because I really find, and I know that you would agree with this, that we really rise when we help others. What are recommendations or possibly advice that you would have for women who are listening, who are potentially maybe drinking more than they want or more than they can help? As you know, when you get to that point of depression and anxiety, sometimes that's the only thing you know to turn to. What are things that you can tell them who are struggling how to even get started with this journey to try and clean up part of their diet? Yeah, that's a great question. One that I'm super passionate about helping people with, you know, I think the basis you, you gotta be honest. Like you just, you have to be honest about, you know, I had to get honest. Like I had to be like, okay, this is, this is more than like when I would go or be with friends for lunch or dinner or something, or like I'm with my sister or family, like being honest about like how much they're drinking and how much I'm actually drinking. You know, I would have three bottles to their one. So being honest about really where you're at with this and if it's a problem, you know, and communicating with the Lord on if this is a problem, there's things that you can do metabolically on a cellular level. So when you exercise, you produce nitric oxide in your body Mm -hmm. and that actually produces the healthy hormones that you're looking for. You're craving for that in the drink. You're craving for a dopamine or a serotonin high. And that's for drugs, any either too, drugs or alcohol, you're craving that, but you can actually make that in your body through exercise and through breathing. So Mm -hmm. meditation, do EFT tapping. So Mm -hmm. the tapping is really, um, it does take a little bit to get used to because you're tapping on your body and you're going through this process and it interrupts the central nervous system. And that's what you have to do. You have to disrupt the situation that is in front of you, whether you're at a family event that triggers things, or for me, it's been business events, conferences, and our, yeah. our boot camps. You know, those would trigger things from my past. I wouldn't feel enough. I wouldn't feel smart enough. Whatever my my thoughts were right. going on. Um, so you have to somehow interrupt those things and breathing and doing that um, tapping as a resource. I mean, you can do that super quick when you just go into the bathroom and then, you know, pray really quick, go into the bathroom, do some breathing. Um, And then once the training's over, like I've gotten really used to, and my team and juice plus is really great about this because they will exercise with me. Um, We're all pretty health minded. So like, they know that I have to run like time's up, my skin's going to start crawling. So like after the event, 
we've got to run. Like we run, I've had people that just walk next to me, you know, cause they're not runners and I run to produce that nitric oxide and get yeah. that stress out so that it calms my body down because that's what you're really desiring on a physical mm-hmm. level. You're looking for that and you're trying to find that in a drug or alcohol, which actually causes more damage. Right. And obviously it's super addictive. And then you just keep doing that repetitive behavior. Mm-hmm really important what you were talking about with like, you have to break it and and even just being honest, starting with being honest and realizing this, this could be a problem that it's gone beyond just social, you know, or if I'm drinking a bottle of wine after the kids go to bed every night, that becomes a little bit more than what is healthy. And that disruption is so key finding things to distract yourself, finding things to drink that are alternatives. Those are all great, really great recommendations for women who might be struggling. Lisa, this has just been a fantastic conversation. If women want to find you or follow you or talk to you more about some of this stuff, what are the best ways to find you? So I am on Facebook. Um, I have a hyphenated name. It's Lisa Morello Maddock. And I'm sure we can send links or whatever with um, with your podcast. Yeah, but I'll put I'm it all on the show notes. Yeah, so I'm on Facebook and then I have a Facebook page, Lifestyle for Truth. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. I'm on Instagram. And Perfect. then we have a Facebook group, Lifestyle Truth, that is just a private group for people that want to learn more about health. We're inspired every day. We do different things every day. Um, I, I conquer topics on Monday. I always go over mood Monday. So like I talk about mental health and then tower garden Tuesday and what you're eating Wednesday and thirsty Thursday, which could be spiritual or, you know, actual thirst of like hydrating the body. And then we do fitness Friday. So there's lots of things that are in the natural for health. And then there's lots of things that I speak to that is spiritual because it really has to be spirit, soul, and body. It has to. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, you know, helped me to move through. Like, I feel like my journey has been all these different puzzle pieces that just got put back together, Mm -hmm. but it was my spirit. It was my soul. And it was my physical body. They all had, you know, their part to play to come to optimal health. hundred percent. That is great. And I will get all of that information in the show notes guys. So you have access to find some of the stuff she just talked about. Last question, Lisa, what is your favorite form of self-care? Yeah, that's great. It depends what I'm needing. It really depends what I'm needing. If I'm feeling a little bit wired, you know, like I said, I love to run. I love to work out. I love to do yoga and stretching. If I'm feeling tired, I love to sit on the couch with my kitty and just, she's like my little healer and watch something good on Netflix, like a good, you know, good show. That's going to be, you know, wholesome. I personally like to dress up every day. So I try to look my best no matter where I go. I think that's a form of self-care is just getting myself together and feeling like I'm put together Yeah, and my outfit, my shoes, like that's a, that's a form of self-care and making sure this is kind of silly, but I spent a lot of years not buying myself things because I had four children and I was growing a business and you know, that I wanted them to have everything that they needed. Right. And, um, but now actually like going and buying myself undergarments and jeans Uh and things that like, you don't go by yourself. Right. That is a form of self-care. And I have to really make myself do that. Uh I have to like say, 
we are doing this, we are going, we are doing this. And so those are the things I do to take care of myself. And then all of my nutrition, I count that as self-care, my smoothies, taking my juice plus every day. That's all taking care of me and being kind to myself, Mm -hmm. working on making sure that I'm resting in God's grace and not some performance-driven thing that doesn't make him love me anymore. So just making sure that I'm resting in his grace and, and receiving, you know, receiving and not just asking and taking and praying about the things that you need, but like really receiving God's love, right. snuggling with him is what I call it. Like when you, <laughs> like I, I love that. I love that so much. And, you know, like I need him. I do. I need him. So yeah. Awesome. I really, really appreciate all the things that you said, but I really like the fact that you pointed out that it's okay to buy things for yourself. And that's a good thing. You know, we need underwear that fit and don't have holes as well. We yeah. need to have jeans that actually fit us, <laughs> that we're not constantly pulling up or belting or whatever it is. And it's yeah. not only okay to do those things, but it's important to make the time to do those things. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate yeah. you reminding us of those things. Lisa, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on guys. I hope you have enjoyed her story as much as I have. And thanks for listening.